Yesterday, there were a few separate incidents here in our city that were quite concerning and brought back a term that I thought, I think most of us thought was maybe a few years in the past. The term swatting. It used to be thrown around a lot. This was pretty popular for a while, a few years ago. It's when a fake call is made to police and a SWAT team has to be sent in to deal with the issue. This happened six times yesterday in our city in the north end. Four schools in the north actually received these threats. Two were on high alert. So what exactly is going on and why is swatting such an incredibly dangerous thing to do and a huge, huge expense when it comes to resources? We're getting into it right now with our guest, who is uh, Detective Steve Horchuk with EPS Cybercrimes Investigatives Unit. Detective Horchuk, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate you talking about this. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. Can you clarify, just in case there's more to describe about what swatting really is, what what is it? Well, I think you did a really good job. It's a type of, typically a cyber type of harassment. Uh, it's essentially the illegitimate deployment of emergency services. Mm-hmm. And that often is the tactical units of police agencies. So while it can extend to other first responders as well, and it's people that, are using these emergency services as a mechanism to harass others. So they determine an address or location that they wish to draw these resources to cause a lot of great commotion and interfere with somebody's business activities or their personal lives. So it's, um, yeah, it is, again, just an illegitimate use of these emergency services. I think this was really popular. Maybe not, that's not the, the most fair term to give this a few years ago when it was used against live streamers. Uh, and so the SWAT team would rush in and it would be captured on film. And that's, I think, what sort of captivated all of us as a community because you could actually see this taking place. But there have been incidents of this happening where people have died. I mean, it can be really dangerous. Is that just because of the intense, the intensity that a SWAT team responds to calls with? Why does that, why is it so dangerous? Well, there's so there's the direct cost of this in terms of the actual shock and awe factor of emergency services like this. So when a tactical unit deploys, while they are doing things very cautiously and using a methodology that's been well-practiced and trained, there is still the use of tools and tactics that can be quite alarming, especially to the average person that's just going about their business. When you're not expecting this and suddenly you have potentially a door crashing in or you have, you know... Uh, loud diversion techniques. You know, we, we hear terms that people know the term flashbang from video games and from military deployments. And so they're a diversionary device that has both a, an auditory and a visual uh, stimulus that's really overpowering. You could have the the use of the robotic, uh, you know, whether it's drones or robots or other types of technology that, you know, so when tech is deployed, that can be really disconcerting. But it's just that sudden and abrupt interruption of your everyday average activities, often done in the wee hours of the night to get the most impact. And when you're talking about like you say, the the uh, social media novelty of it back when we first started hearing about these things was for that spectacle of it, yeah. so that having it on video, that sort of thing, getting the shock and awe factor. And if you look at the that impact on the individual, there's that. There's the there's also the stigma that comes with it because now you've drawn all this attention to that individual, and you've got that the backlash that comes out of that. And we don't know what you know why somebody has been. Uh, 
had this occurred to them. Like sometimes it's been vigilantism where someone in an online community believes there's an individual they've located that's responsible for criminal activity. And so they take it upon themselves to try and direct these resources for this shaming and this shock and awe. And, and, the deployment of these police resources under this false banner might actually interrupt something else that some other type of criminal activity and so you can get disproportionate reactions against police you can have uh, you know later disproportionate reactions to this whole event by the person through shaming and stigma and the follow-up of you know the the harassment often continues long after the emergency resources retract so We'll get we'll get people online continuing to harass because with this often comes the disclosure of an address, a phone number, a name, personal information, and that can be broadcast and, and disseminated so quickly online. And then other vigilantes join in. We've seen many cases where it looks like it's a collaborative people that potentially are unassociated with each other, but they're collaborating in an online community and talking in these forums and, you know, they're on common platforms like Discord that is used for people to chat on often, you know, it originated typically with video game play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're just helping each other, especially if it's done, you know, if the false banner includes, you know, pointing an allegation at someone on, uh, without evidence and everybody thinks they're getting on board a good cause when it's actually unfounded or maybe completely misrepresented. Uh, it's it's harder to wrap your head around the fact that this could be any form of vigilantism when it's attacking schools in our community in the case of what happened yesterday. We, I mean, can only assume that this was just someone trying to pull a really unreasonable prank. What do we know about what happened yesterday? I don't have the specifics of yesterday's. There was such a scramble with these calls that it involved many different areas. And so a lot of the burden falls on those frontline resources, the patrol resources that are out there to deal with those first 911 calls and stuff. So I, I don't have the specifics for each of the events here. And we do... Occasionally, each season during exam season, we see an uptick in uh, bomb threats and those types of calls to interrupt exam processes and interrupt those types of things. So we have seen that, uh, but I don't have any direct statistics on that and the hard numbers on any of that. That's anecdotal, and it's, it's just sort of storytelling in terms of um, you know experiential knowledge. But so is this something that's more common than we realize? Because we you know we talk about this sort of being being something that got our attention a few years ago. Swatting became a really mainstream term. And then I think most people understood that this was just an incredibly stupid thing to do for all of the reasons that you've outlined. And it seemed to have sort of gone by the wayside. Is it happening more than we know? It definitely is. I I think that there is a certain number that get into the public's consumption. There are many more that don't. Uh, we're often able to oh. diffuse them rapidly and the deployment of resources doesn't draw the enough attention. It doesn't make it onto social media or somewhere where it gets propagated rapidly. So if it's kept quiet enough, if it doesn't involve the large display of resources and the large display of specialized units and the flashing lights and the, the deployment of armored personnel carriers and these types of things, then it often doesn't draw the same attention. And so we don't hear about it. And like you say, the terms ebb and flow in popularity. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Detective Horchuk, thank you so much for outlining that. I really appreciate your time this afternoon.
You bet. Thank you very much for shedding a light on this. This yeah. draws, it, it's an extreme resource drain on us. It draws many different areas of the service into it. There are many j- exigent requests that have to be made. We go to phone companies and service providers for internet and other companies and we're compelling them to provide emergency data to locate people. We have to scramble with all sorts of uh, behind the scenes work that has to be done in addition to the physical response to the scene. And it is just, it's too much and we're already taxed and burdened resource-wise, and we, we just can't afford to have these kind of illegitimate uses of these services. So yeah, well, very well said. Detective Horchuk, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay, thank you for time. Of course. Detective Steve Horchuk is with the EPS Cybercrimes Investigatives Unit, talking, of course, about six schools and hospitals affected by this swatting incident that took place yesterday. Four schools uh, received this threat, and two remained on high alert yesterday.